We are power crystals, getting cute, critical, and, and metaphysical. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of We Are Power Crystals. My name is Katie. And I'm here with Jason and Leah. Say hi, y'all. Hey. And we are here today to talk about um, being unsoothable. Um, And so this is something that, you know, since quarantine started, we've been feeling. Um, And we know a lot of our communities, probably a lot of you have been feeling too. Um, And we wanted to just kind of explore this and explore like, you know, the metaphysical side and like the physical side of how it feels in our bodies and just kind of get into this idea because a lot has been super unsuitable recently. We actually recorded this, um, recorded this episode before um, George Floyd was murdered and then had to go back or, you know, we're going back now to kind of re-record it because so much has changed that we're like, we need like an updated unsuitable because this is like round two. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're going to get into the, any context y'all want to add? Did I hit that right? Yeah. Yeah. We were unsuitable before about the shelter in place and the pandemic um, and feeling uneasy about COVID and how to navigate it. Um, and looking back at that, it feels like that was just child's play. Like you thought, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you thought you were unsuitable, but you were just uncomfortable. And yeah. now yeah. the unsuitability is, it's so different. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking actually, like, I recall at that time, so like between the onset of the pandemic and before the murder of George Floyd, the feeling of unsuitable being unlike anything I had ever felt before, like feeling very trapped and imprisoned. And, um, and, and now when I think about like how I live on a day-to-day basis, I'm like, wow, I feel like I've really managed that. Like I, I don't, and maybe it's adaptability or something, but like unsuitable means it's almost like it's there now still, But maybe I've normalized it a lot or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's such an important topic. Yeah. And I feel like it's, um, I've seen, noticed online and in different conversations, people looking for the word unsuitable, but they're, they're just, they're describing, um, feeling restless, can't sleep, can't eat like pacing or having racing thoughts or really odd or uncomfortable dreams. Um, And so I feel like unsuitable will help us to sort of name this cluster of, of experiences we're having. Um, Yeah. And just to give it like a, after we named unsuitable, I feel, I felt like I could manage it better um, cause yeah. it felt more finite or more like just something I could hold 
mentally or emotionally as this is just what it is and it's not going to be a forever thing, but that's what's in my hands right now. Yeah. Yeah, I totally feel that. It was one of those, like when we first came up with the idea, it was one of those things of like, oh, there's a word for this. Yeah. Okay, okay I can. And like, particularly with like, unsoothable it was like okay the point like I can't be soothed so like maybe the point is not to change but I could just be unsoothable right now Mm -hmm. you know how how do you how do you define that how do you define unsoothable for yourselves Mm -hmm. yeah it it feels like a definitely for me like a creeping feeling and maybe I'll notice like I'm getting really fidgety or I feel like something's happening, but I'm just sitting down. Um, and then it just ramps up into this escalated feeling of like feeling something close to trapped, but not trapped. And, like, I just want to run out of my skin or Mm -hmm. this feeling of, like, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to eat. There's nothing to listen to. There's nothing to read that would help me to feel good. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, it feels like no way out of feeling awful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, like, definitely echo a lot of that. Like, Like, I remember, this was, like, a while ago, but, like, being unsuitable one day and like getting in the car and like not having a destination but being like okay I could I was feeling cagey so I was like okay I'm gonna get in the car and go for a drive and I was like I could go to the lake I could go to Target I could go to my brother's house or whatever and then feeling like like I'm seeing all these different paths in my head but then slowly there's like this feeling of dread coming from each of them at the same time, knowing that yeah. like none of these will, it won't work yet. Yeah. Like none of these are actual paths you could take and then just feeling stuck and like not even going anywhere. Yeah. 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 I think for me, what the way it's transformed for me was like, I think this pandemic has been really like quarantine has been really interesting. Like, because it's because none of those tricks work. It's forced me to sit and look at myself. And in the beginning stages of the pandemic, I was of quarantine. I was like forced to look at, well, I need soothing quite a bit throughout my life. And I didn't realize it because the ways that I would cope with it would be um, go hang out with friends, go shopping, go, you know, like watch a movie, play a game on my phone. And, and, and then I realized like, those aren't really like, maybe they are soothing strategies, but maybe they're distraction mechanisms. And then I started thinking about like, wow, is my whole life just one distraction after another so that I don't have to sit with myself? And I think like the longer, the longer this quarantine goes on, the pandemic goes on. And then the, the like double pandemicness, which I don't know if I like or dislike that term, but like 
of the uprisings where you're like, now we're not just forced to look at ourselves, but now we have to look at the ills of white supremacist society and how pervasive it is. It's like, it just became doubly, it just doubled down on forcing us. Like, at least I felt like forcing me to sit with myself. And so, yeah, I think Jason, you nailed it when it was like, none of the strategies work anymore to either distract myself or to calm myself. And yeah, that, really that was it. scary. That was really scary to me. It felt just scary. Like I don't have, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. There's an element of being fearful to the unsuitability. So you're yeah. saying like fear of looking at yourself. And I think that I've, was definitely feeling that very intensely, um, like scared to go to sleep kind of, or scared to be in the dark type of thing. Yeah. And then I, one way of like working with my insulability is to like, just to be willing to look then. So in our, in your interview episode, Katie, you talked about, um, what was it? Uh, like, when physical things are burning, something psychic is burning also. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, let me look through all of my belongings. And like, I have the tendency to just throw things in a drawer and shove it away for like a year. Mm -hmm. So I had in the unsuitability fits, I would just look through a drawer and like clean it out. And with a lot of intensity and detail, sort and discard Um, so I feel like that helped me to feel less disempowered in with unsuitability. So I'm still very unsuitable, but it doesn't feel as gigantic, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the sorting is like helping me to look at the internal drawers or messes that I was ignoring. Yeah, that's so real. And like, yeah, it just makes me think about like the, the boundaries of us. It's like the the very like physical act of like sorting, which I totally identify with too. It's like, just give me something to sort. I'm like, let me put my books in like color order, you know, like, <laughs> let me give me a sorting yeah. activity um, tends to tends to help. But it's like, you you are sorting parts of yourselves too of yourself too when you're sorting like yes. objects yeah you know it's like it's all connected but thinking about like the yeah i definitely feel like there was like one kind of unsuitability that was akin to almost like boredom that yeah. was mm-hmm. that was very um that was like during the the quarantine stay at home stuff that was like yeah i can't none of my things are working but like i don't know what to do yeah. And then with the uprising, it was like, wow, like this, like stage two unsuitability is like fear paranoia. And how, mm. and it's like some of that is like, it's, it's still around, you know? Like I feel, Jason, when you just said like scared to go to bed, scared of the dark, I'm like, I still feel that. And, and that's just yeah. like such a particular form of it where, it's the, it's like feeling in danger. Yes. And yeah. like nothing, even if I turn on all the lights, nothing will help me not feel like there's something lurking, you know? Yeah. Yes, 
Yeah. I, I really felt that still feel it most intensely while driving alone, even in the Mm. daytime. Like I feel like, Oh, no one's here to like watch me or be with me if something crazy happens. Um, Mm. or I have this fear of like being swarmed by a group of cars for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Have you only had that during the pandemic or did you have those, that mm-hmm. sense before? No, only during the pandemic. Um, I would say after, like in June, it started happening. Wow. Um, wow. Or this feeling, this fear of like being taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It it's so interesting the way this experience has activated our unconscious traumas and beliefs and and maybe even activated like ancestral traumas or mm-hmm. past life situations that we're holding in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And and I also just want to yeah. like distinguish too like Katie you're in Minneapolis so you're like you were in the epicenter of the uprising in the city that George Floyd is from, the city whose police killed him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, your situation is like, you're like right in the crisis zone. Yeah. Living in like a black body. Like that, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't want to say that like, yeah. I just want to like name that because you have, not like you have, we don't have a good reason to also feel activated, but like yeah. you were literally physically very presently, immediately in danger at times. Yeah. 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 I, f- yeah. I mean, I think that's like, that's the ma- that's was like the major difference um, mm-hmm. between like pandemic unsuitability and then like uprising unsuitability mm-hmm. is like, but then straight up, like, What's, what's interesting to me about this too, though, is that like, like I've been trying to do some writing and some meaning making around like the National Guard and like and all of that. And it, it has been very kind of clear to me that like there's something about the feeling of imminent danger that is is more soothable. <laughs> I feel I felt like a little bit more soothable in that situation. I don't maybe this is so weird to say, but it's like there when something is so concrete, yeah, um, there is something even like that's that's able to be soothed about that because it's like, okay, I can't control these white supremacists and white supremacists in the streets who are like setting fires and and shit like that, but I can hose my house down every night. And we can like stay up and watch and I can be on this group text. You know, Mm -hmm. there's almost, there's almost more you can do about it um, in a certain sense. Whereas like, like, I mean, I really root like a lot of the unsoothability in the pandemic to like capitalism and like Mm. how capitalism is so deep. It was like so Mm -hmm. deep, but then it's also like, I don't know my mind is going kind of fast, but it's like, there I wonder about how much of the unsoothability to in in all of the cases is about 
a collective unconsciousness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never it's never just about your circumstances. It is always about the what the collective is going through too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, and maybe that's why there it's such an immobilized feeling. Yeah. It's interesting. I totally understand what you're saying because when I, when we first started this conversation, I was thinking about how, what caused me to feel unsuitable in the beginning was feeling like, because I had to just sit in place, I had no purpose in life Mm -hmm. and that feels worthless. And so in the past to satiate or, or like push away worthlessness, I would do things like go shopping, call a friend, do this, do that. And you can't do those things to fill the, the sense of worthlessness which is very like existential compared to like being in a crisis mode where your life is physically in danger 24 hours a day for a sustained amount of time with kind of no end in sight. Like you don't know like, okay, it sucks now, but this is going to be over next Friday. Like we don't, yeah. we don't know that. So like being like, even being able to like, you felt, I don't know, like it sounds like being able to take measures like, group text hose my house down that like fulfills a feeling of like productivity even yeah Mm. yeah and totally and I think what you're saying about like meaninglessness or worthlessness is so at the heart of unsuitability to me because when your life is threatened you suddenly know how valuable life is yeah in in a way that's extremely meaningful and and that you want to fight for. So I feel like, and like the lives of your neighbors, you know, like it's, it's just, it it almost feels like it's necessary from time to time for your life to be threatened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it, it just reminded me so much of like, I mean, really what I was thinking about is like, I know a lot of people in the world this is their whole life. They live with their life really being threatened every day and people being murdered. And it's just like, that doesn't, those conditions don't actually preclude or like, like prevent someone from having deep meaning at all. Yeah. There's Mm -hmm. an interesting thing happening there, you know? Yes. Like what you're talking about to me is like, the quote unquote, you know, like quote distinction between like the first world and the third world. Like Mm. it's a total judgment separation of like, I'm using so many air quotes. You don't even know, like civilized (laughs) people, civilized society having a quality of life that is crisis free versus people who've experienced extreme extraction, slavery, genocide, um colonization in the quote third world who are like the the it's like the central point of their life from our perspective is that they're just trying to survive mm-hmm. and so we don't like you know like, no, I'm not I'm not saying I don't but like like the colonial mind doesn't see them as equal or like you the way you spend your life is so different from the way I spend my life because I think about like the generative pursuits of intellectuality or like leisure or, and therefore I must have some kind of greater capacity or value or yeah. There's so much coming up right now for me about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Uh, have y'all had a recent moment of unsuitability? Yes, I have. Just the other night, actually, and I went to go hang out with you, Jason, and I was talking about how I just want to, um, I just want to be around people and I mm -hmm. don't, that's not, not where I, who I was like, that wasn't really my interest before the pandemic. I was very much like, you know, my boyfriend's a DJ and a music producer and like goes out to parties all night and is very social in that way. And I would always be like, yeah, you go, I'm going to stay home. And, mm -hmm. and I, I just have been having this feeling of like, Oh, I want to go to like, a, I want to go to a warehouse party and just like, be there till like, you know, seven in the morning and then like <laughs> go out to breakfast with like people I don't even know. And just like have this like gritty experience of interpersonal fun with like <laughs> people and bodies and like dance and drink and like, just like, like lose myself in this moment. And, and I realized like how much I was craving that. And it, it's, it's so like, it's unsuitable to me to, and I didn't understand this about myself before. It's unsuitable to me to not be witnessed or be in relationship Ooh. with people. And it feels just like, do you know, and I've talked about this with you guys before, like, do I even exist if I'm not in the web with everyone. And so, yeah, I texted you, Jason. I had work to do for something the next day, but I was like, fuck it. I, ah, and you're like, let's go for a drive. And we went for a drive and it <laughs> helped, but it's definitely like, it would, it, it's still like, it helped for that night, but it's like still yeah. unsuitable, you know? It only helps when you're doing it. Like as soon as it's yeah. done, like fuck back yes. to square one. Um, the, of course, what's in front of us is the late, great Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. Yeah. And like, I don't know her, but she seemed pretty unsuitable too in her lifetime. Um, so I feel like learning about unsuitability is changing the way I know the world or even just pop culture. Um, and to hear what to, I bring that up because it's like there's a a legacy of unsuitability or yeah ancestral unsuitability. Um, so it's like we're not experiencing it for the first time, but maybe we just didn't know what it was before. Yeah, I yeah, had so, yeah. right. Um, my most unsuitable moment was last night. Um, I was having a very unsuitable dream. And of course, dreams are also our real life. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a very long, it feels like the longest dream I've ever had or ever experienced. It was many scenes, many sequences, mm -hmm. many characters and people. But the one part that was the most unsuitable was um, I was at a park and the radio personality DJ 
Art LeBeau was there and there was three people with him and he was sitting in this little chair um, in a parking lot holding these two records. One was this lullaby record that was his favorite and another one was a record I didn't get the name of. But the other people there, the three people, they're like, oh, you got to run. Like, he's about to blow up. Mm. And I was like, blow up. And they're like, he's going to explode. So we all start running. And I was like, what? And then he exploded. Like, his body burst. And I remember, I think I was, like, physically crying, like, a lot. Um, I could feel it in my body. And I was asking them, like, what did he, why did he do that? And they were saying that he um, was in so much pain and he didn't want to, like, be alive anymore. And he felt complete. And so he just felt like his life was dragging on. So he wanted to blow himself up with explosives. Wow. And I just remember crying so hard it was just so heartbreaking and like I couldn't stop crying and then the dream unfolds and I go to like visit my family members to like tell them what happened and like see if they could explain it Mm -hmm. and no one was that as bothered as I was and I was like it just made it worse and worse and I was like how could you not (laughs) feel that it's horrible right and everyone's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's what he wanted to do. It's fine. <laughs> mm. And I, I woke, I still have the feeling right now, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe what I saw. And it won't, it won't go away. It's been hours now. Mm. Is there like, I'm just like wondering, is there like a particular place in your body or like color or like way you would describe that feeling or like what it is i can feel it in my chest um it look it feels like a i feel like a cartoon like their eyes are bulging and there's like spirals in their eyes and their hair is like spiking out Mm -hmm. and just like "Ah!" like Mm -hmm. stuck in that like shocked state like my hands are kind of shaking like talking about it wow And I don't know, right now, from this position, I can't imagine what will help it, help this feeling. So I'm just trying to let it. better not be a premonition, Jason. Yeah. I know. (laughs) I'll be so mad if we lose our LeBeau. Man. He can't. He's made it this far. Yeah. 96. I think it was just his birthday. 96? Yeah. He's been on the radio for decades. Yeah. He's, yeah. Ugh, we can't, I mean, we can't expect him to go forever, but damn, can he just wait till we get a vaccine? I know. I want him for to real. give, to make it to a hundred. Yeah. Like, that's Seriously. just four, he, he got four more years. He's so happy. We think. Is he still on the radio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. wow. He's taken your request and dedications. 
Yep. Blowing out big kisses to you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. What I'm about trying, you, Katie? Yeah, I was trying to think about it. Um, it's so funny because that word pre-uprising just felt like it hit the nail on the head and I feel like it's it it has shifted for me a little bit so I can't really locate because everything just feels very physical I mean like the other night there was like big thunderstorms um and I was alone um because my partner was up north and so I it was just me and the dog and the cat and it was like lightning and um, you know, lots of thunder, a tree ended up like coming down, like almost crushing my partner's car and mm-hmm. all of it. So that felt, but that wasn't really the unsoothable feeling. That was just like the scared, where's the flashlight kind of like prepper mm-hmm. adrenaline type. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think the, the thing most akin to unsoothability recently has been shame Mm. Um, and I feel like there's a really yeah there's a really unsuitable quality to shame and I feel like yeah like before we were doing this episode I was thinking about this because it's like all of the all of the things that people will do to avoid shame like it yeah. there's something very very unsuitable about it um yeah it, it kind of in the same way of like you know, I, no matter where I go, it won't make me feel better. I feel like Mm -hmm. shame is very much, or, you know, no matter what I do, it won't make me feel better. It's like shame is very much like no matter what I do, I will still not be loved, you know, like, yeah, there's nothing I could say. There's nothing I could look like. There's nothing I could, um, could take back and it would be better, you know? Yeah. I Mm. just, um, without saying too much um just like had a moment where I like definitely perpetuated some systemic oppression you know bullshit Mm. and it was very um ah just like humbling and and extremely unsoothable like I mean y'all I'm really thinking about like fragility as unsoothable Mm. or like or it's like when when people are being fragile and they're caught up and they don't know what to say next and it's like they're just digging a deeper and deeper hole like there's a certain amount of unsuitability there for me Mm. like yeah I feel like shame they're they're just all kind of bound up that's Mm. kind of what I'm thinking about right now Mm. which is a very different flavor I think yeah yeah there's so many from what we've shared so many different tones to unsuitability um but they all feel very related yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting too because i think you're saying something earlier katie about worrying about your safety and worrying about your neighbor's safety and i think about like the anti-mask people that like when I look at them, I'm like, they're clearly in a state of unsuitability. They don't know what to do with themselves mm. and what maybe what makes sense. And I'm not excusing their behavior, but like what makes sense to them is like to 
fight against the reason, like the cause or like to try to undermine the thing that's trying to control their life, like the pandemic or because I can't, I, I think about this constantly. Like I can't um, understand anyone that would be told, Hey, there's a virus out there. that's invisible. It can kill you and it's going to be painful and awful. And then you still be like, so what? I got to go to work or that's fake or mm-hmm. you like that kind even whether you know about it or don't like this idea that like I'm not going to protect myself e- even if I'm wrong I'm not going to take the precautions to do it that must feel like feeling powerless which is what I observe in those people is that they must feel powerless feels totally unsuitable like this thing is just going to go on forever and if you feel powerless it's like oh I mean, I feel like that, that just makes me think like, is the, the answer, or I mean, not like the answer, but like, could an answer be surrender? Like, Mm. I mean, I remember you just said, Jason, like, just like turning and looking at it, like, or turning and looking at yourself or like, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, it's like, is, is, is like the equal and opposite energy surrender? And or like, is there space for surrender and unsuitability? Like I think about that in terms of shame too. It's like, you have to just accept it. You have to surrender and be like, you know, have some humility for the feeling. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I have come to this idea that surrender is impossible for people that live in a modernist paradigm. Like, Mm -hmm because modernist colonialist paradigm like that way of thinking is inherently tied to this idea that if there's a problem you fix it that problems and and solutions they're binaries they must exist there's no like open-endedness possible Mm -hmm. and so like to me surrender is like it's neither fixing a problem or like it's it's night it's neither the problem nor fixing the problem it's like a third way yeah but 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 if you can't even wrap yourself your your mind around like the possibility of a third way ever like if you're super indoctrinated into like republican or democrat two party you know like just everything Mm -hmm. being binarized like i think you're right but i think it's totally unavailable to people that don't have the imagination for it yeah. God, I've never thought about surrender as a third way before. That feels like it really hits it on the head. Mm. Yeah. It feels like I'm thinking I'm getting an image of the earth and all of the unsuitable areas of it. So mm-hmm. thinking of like a tornado or a hurricane or an earthquake a as a fire, mm-hmm. as like maybe those are fits of unsuitability, but Mm. it's not across the whole planet. It's just in that big area though. Mm. Yeah. So if, if I can think of myself as on the planet of me and there's this hurricane or tornado or earthquake passing through, like it's just passing through. Like it's one piece that like with a mask, if I ignore it, like I'm going to get, blown away by a tornado yeah if you just like 
look at it or like how do you be with a tornado or a hurricane or a fire yeah. like you can't push it away it's insisting on being there so how do you yeah. be with it and there's yeah. different ways to be with those things just like our different shades of un unsuitability it requires a different way of being present that's so I, yeah I feel that so much and it's reminding me of another way that I felt unsuitable recently which is um with restless leg syndrome mm. and it's oh man y'all it's like a whole journey I don't know how many people out there deal with it but it's like or even just like you could say it for like chronic pain I feel like too but like there's a particular to what you're saying it's like I can locate where these feelings are happening but it's not my whole body at all mm -hmm. and it, it's been so about like how can I be with it how can I notice it how can I how can I just pay attention to it and yeah. without judgment and that's been like the whole trick and it's like I know this these feelings will like come and go and I have to and this is I feel like this is like the paradigm shift part it's like can I can I respect that those feelings have a reason and have agency and it's their choice to be here yeah. you know yeah. like yes it's not anything that I'm doing wrong there's nothing I could actually do to make this go away you know like yeah it is up to them <laughs> yeah that's one time i was having this uh, now i know that it was a gallbladder attack but years ago maybe like two years ago i just had this swelling pain in my stomach and my back and it was just hours of like what i imagine like being in labor is like just mm. the pain is filling you and so i was like taking like Tylenol and like water and like walking and blah, blah, blah for hours, middle of the night. And then like, I just had the thought of, I was on my knees, like bent over in extreme pain. And then I just said to myself, I'm willing to learn the lesson of whatever this is. And then not even kidding, like a minute later, it all stopped, just yeah. vanished. Wow. And so if I think about that, that's like, a moment of surrender of not mm -hmm. resisting it, but just like allowing yeah. it. Um, and like coming, like signaling or communicating with whatever it was, like I'm willing to be with you then. Yeah. And it changed the whole relationship of what was happening between me and that issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. I'm really curious to know if you feel comfortable sharing, like, was there a, was it just the admission of I'm willing to learn or was there like a lesson of like that appeared? Uh, the lesson appeared recently because um, I had another gallbladder issue this month and Leah was showing me the metaphysical anatomy of it. And yeah. now I have clarity on what the core issue is mm -hmm. it's nothing new it's always daddy issues isn't it <laughs> but it, it was very interesting a new take for me though mm -hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like um, what you're talking about, Katie, or earlier about the, um, well, both of you just like sitting with it is, I feel like before the uprisings, we were clearly like, well, you just got to sit here. Like, literally, you cannot go to work. You can't go anywhere. Just sit. Sit with it. Mm-hmm. And then as the anti-racist movement, like, built out of the uprisings and, the like, one of the big things that came out of that that I was seeing was, like, you can't – now is a time for white people to not turn away from their white supremacist, like – inclinations or like performance of it or indoctrination in it you have to just sit with it you have to sit with that you are complicit in this you have Mm -hmm. so it's like this other layer whether that's the right or wrong way to go about it it still was like this idea of like sit with discomfort is Mm -hmm. coming through in so many different ways Mm -hmm. for people and i i wonder how it will come through next <laughs> like I, I wonder i wonder what that is i feel like it's going to one of the things i keep thinking or just feeling in my body is that we're coming up on a breaking point mm-hmm. but i don't know how long it will be before that happens because but like a real breaking point where people really lose their shit, stop working, stop buying things like mm-hmm. go nuts because of how much the system is just weighing down on, on everyone. Um, and, and we won't be able to like, just sit. Yeah. Sit anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like this question of like what what unsuitability is coming next and like yeah, what <laughs> what might soothe us then? You know? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting this feeling of like bracing for impact is still kind of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I felt like that was a really big feeling for a lot of folks um like in april may before um things got really hot uh so i'm like wondering like were we was that like a collective sensing of how things would escalate and then are we in another moment of like sensing another escalation like it's Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to say, like, it's not just being fearful of what could happen, but, like, actually sensing yeah. what is coming down the line. I feel that about the election. That feels yeah. like a, that feels like, I mean, there's an actual date associated with that, like, where so much is, like, riding on this day to mm-hmm. change something or do something or, yeah. 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 It's also weird how nothing has changed for the United States in this pandemic other than it's gotten worse. Yeah. But like 
it, but but there's like a narrative of like somehow things are better or something like because mm -hmm. for the first couple for the first couple weeks of the quarantine it was like here are the rules everyone stay home calm down you know only go to the grocery store when you have like there was such clear yeah. guidance and then somehow I don't know I mean I can speculate on why this changed but now it's almost like you know all these states like reopening an economy as if there isn't a totally uncontrolled killer virus mm -hmm. on the loose that is killing people even more now than it was at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, like it just, it, the narrative that we, I don't know, like yeah. I know what you're saying, like we're bracing for something, but at the same time also it feels like there's been a reprieve, but there actually really hasn't. Not like we're not closer to right. ending this thing. Mm -hmm. Still, in the beginning of it. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. only been, not only, but six, five months Ugh. since so pandemic weird, started. It's like, that's such a long time, but it's also no time at all. Yeah. 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 When you all first had your first moments of being unsuitable, were you shocked? Was it like a, almost like a new sensation, <laughs> like a new, <laughs> like it's not new, but like as an adult having kind of almost like a childlike response to this was kind of new for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just, it felt like we think about, you know, babies have like pacifiers and we talk about babies <laughs> being self-soothing or needing soothing. Like it's, it's language. that's very like, yeah. Infantilized. Yeah, exactly. And so it was like a little bit shocking for me to like identify these like behaviors or tendencies or responses that I'm having that are the way we frame the behaviors of children. I don't know. I feel, uh, yeah, I feel like that's such an essential question because I think about something I've been thinking about a lot recently is like, it really matters what you think you're doing when you do something. Yeah. And like, it really matters what you, th like what you think is happening is what's happening. Like there is no, there's nothing outside of it that you don't bring to it. Right. And so it's like, the question of, you know, like I'm thinking about our little planet right now and it's like, is this, is, is the planet in, in like a little temper tantrum and like needs, mm. needs soothing or, and, or is it in, is it in full transformation? Is this like some caterpillar butterfly shit, you know, like, yeah. And so I, and I think about, I think about like the like another thread of that too is like when you think about soothing a child there's a there's an understanding that the child is like not not that like uh god what is it like um that the reason they're upset is kind of small or unimportant you know what i mean and so right. I think about, I don't know, I'm just thinking about all those things right now of like, what does it mean to need soothing? 
I think there's a storyline that's like, oh, you're just being juvenile. You're just like, you need to just pull up your pants and like, stop crying, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Also, what, what if we told a different story about it? Um, yeah. I don't know why that just came through, but it felt important to say of like, you don't know, we all need soothing. We all need, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think that's like why like the tobacco industry is so big and the alcohol industry Mm -hmm. and like drug imports and they are soothing tools, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. coffee, everything. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel you too, Leo, what you started with, with that, like, distraction thing. Like, I definitely feel like there's a narrative I could tell about my life, my, like, very, like, everyday life where it's just, like, moving from kind of, like, one soothing mechanism to the next, to the next, to the or, like, one distraction yeah. to the next, where it's, like, I wake up and then I'm tired, so I drink coffee and then I feel a certain way, so I eat food. So then, yeah. so I can soothe. I can go down and sit because I feel like if I start doing work, then I will get money and I will feel like a productive person. And so yeah. it's even that is soothing a fear, you know? Like, yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that's like part of why unsoothability feels different now than it did before the uprisings because like we all were like doing stuff to soothe like all the baking bread phenomenon and the like you Mm. know tiktok challenges and the Mm -hmm. like you know we're gardening now the bikes are sold out like people were like finding ways to cope with yeah just being and now I really do feel like, at least for me, I've really learned how to manage unsuitability mm-hmm. and internalize it. And so now I have new, either more tolerance or more endurance or mm-hmm. new strategy, new coping strategies, new mechanisms to, to deal with it. I don't know, but I definitely feel like I've acclimated. Unsuitability doesn't feel as rampant and just uncontrolled as it did mm-hmm. in the beginning in the beginning it was like i'm gonna crawl out of my skin i don't know yeah. what to do yeah in the beginning i was like in i would go and i don't know it was sleep but it was not restful or healing or restorative it was like a s- sleeping spell for mm. days and days to the point where i was like I oh my god I slept with the whole day like I can't wash my clothes and it's like happens for 10 straight days or just I don't know it was so so different but now I can still do those things um like I still feel tired sometimes really tired yeah um mm-hmm. but now it feels like well how can I tend to my body or to myself mm-hmm. um yeah so I that's kind of like my question. What can I tend to right now? That's a good question. Yeah. Do you feel like, how did you respond? Well, I know how you did Jason, but like how did social media 
impact your experience of unsuitability? Oh, I, oof. the, I mean, when I, when you, yeah, when I hear that question, I'm just immediately like, it just fueled unsuitability for me in, in terms of the <laughs> uprising, which is like, I could not, which is my experience with it now. It's calmed down a little bit, but I'm like, I literally cannot get off Facebook. I am only yeah. scrolling. I am only scrolling to see what needs are where and I am reposting things. And like, I want to really like, I'm working on creating an archive of like, what did I post? Cause I just, I'm just interested, but it's like, mm. um, social media is just so that thing that I'm like, I pick up my phone or I'm on Facebook scrolling and it is not making me feel any better, but I keep doing it. Yeah. And yeah. it's making it maybe worse, but I yeah. don't know because I'm so distracted. I'm not in my body. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it makes it hard. And not even like, it's weird because it's like, it's not even because it's like, I'm sick of what people are saying. I want to know what people are saying and how they're doing. It's just totally the modality. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, a, I'm reaching out to touch you, but it's just kind of going through, you know? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Wow. Like yeah. when a ghost walks through you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's, it's weird because like, it's social media is a lot of places in one. So it's like, mm. before mm. I'm like, oh yeah, let me go look at some weird learn some weird facts about the earth or, or like look at some cute animals or whatever look at stupid things funny things and then share those things with people but then it sort of became it, kept, it was this feeling of like okay i'm going up to the slot machine got some quarters um and every time i put a quarter in and like pull the lever it's just all horrible awful things <laughs> or like all all bad yeah. news now yeah all my quarters are gone. So I had to just yeah. jump off because it's so hard to have, for me, it was hard to have boundaries on social media. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, fig never figured out how to like slow the flow of what was racing out of it. It's like a pipe yeah. explodes in your bathroom and all this water is gushing and you just have your hand <laughs> to yeah. stop yeah. it. So I was and like, you know what? Let me just leave this house yeah something um i was listening to a talk by um loretta ross who's like a um, reproductive justice like genius expert amazing person and she said this thing that was so simple but she was just like the media has no tolerance for complexity and right. i was like exactly and i feel like that's the other thing that makes social media so unsuitable of like it, yeah. it there's no way there's no way it can capture that and it's resistant to it you know yeah yeah like actively yeah it's interesting like we look at it and it makes things worse and it's just a flood of negative like images and stories and yet we can't pull ourselves away yeah and i'm realizing that like i just had a very very successful thing happened yesterday it sounds so silly but it felt huge 
I have very bad internet in my house. Like it's just really slow. It's gotten slower since the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. And basically if I want to use my, my internet at my desk, I have to be tethered to my hotspot on my phone. And so I was like, I'm sick of this. This is, it's unsuitable Mm -hmm. to not have high speed internet in this time of quarantine. And so I call my cable company or my internet company and, um, I was prepared. Like they were, I was prepared, prepared to fight. I was prepared to be on the phone for a long time. And I was completely just shocked and dismayed, not dismayed, just shocked that I ended up being told that like, Oh, well your modem is not able to handle the capacity of your, um, internet speed. So we're going to give you a new modem. We also noticed that like your internet speed, that plan doesn't exist anymore. So we're going to move you to the next like plan that we created, which is a faster internet speed, but it's actually $30 cheaper than your current bill. What? And it was, and it was like, Oh, and we're going to ship it to you and it should be there by Monday. And it just felt like I have become so accustomed to only negative experiences that are going to force me to fight for what I need or want in this world. Like since mm-hmm. this really since like Trump, I think like just constantly like, Oh, and now there's a ban from Muslim countries and now he's rolling back protections on national parks. And now he's incarcerating children at the border. Like It just like, it felt like just our life became a barrage of anything that could go wrong is going to go wrong with this dude and then the pandemic and then the uprisings. And it was just this moment where I realized this is a very, very simple thing. And it's showing me how accustomed I've become to like expecting just negative interactions with the world. Yeah. And it felt soothable. If I felt soothed, I felt like, I, I was able to like, I don't know, like it was very interesting. It was, it put me in such a good mood for the rest of the day. Like just, wow. That is so wild, Leah. I know. And it's so, it's such a simple (laughs) thing to have happened. It's not like Leah, you are, you want a million dollars and you're going to be published. It's not, it's not above and beyond. It's like, you know, For something he's supposed to do like yeah. it's just it's, it's <laughs> that was a reference to the office in which michael <laughs> scott ignorantly tries to reproduce chris rock's stand-up routine oh my um yes it was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it it, it 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 was cool it was cool I have a question for y'all and I'm wondering if this is maybe like a closing out question, Yeah, but we'll see where it moves. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I'm just really interested in like, what is, I don't know. It could go a lot of ways, the question, but like, what, like, what is the story that like, that goes along with your particular unsuitability and like, and like, what is what is a story what is a story you would prefer kind of um does that make sense how would you answer that question like what do you mean yeah I guess like like what does the unsuitability mean or like 
when it comes, mm-hmm. like, what does it feel like it's telling you about yourself? And what would mm-hmm. you rather have it tell you about yourself? And I'm mm-hmm. interested in that, too, because it's like, we have a very particular, um, we have a really particular story or like social justice circles or activism will like tell you a very particular story about the unsuitability of like the planet. Yeah. And, and I wonder about like, is, is there one, is there a story we would prefer more? So it's kind of like, whether it's on the planet or like in our bodies or like, what is the story that goes along with that about yourself? And like, what would you prefer it to be? That might be too hard to answer too, but I'm, I'm interested in that question. I feel like we were kind of talking about that yesterday, me and Leah about, um, so I was at the beach and I was telling you about the waves that toppled me and I got yeah. a sense of how strong the earth is. And it made me think like, Oh, the earth is not like some convalescent, like weak, vulnerable thing. Like it's, mm-hmm the we when you talk about save the planet it's like well the earth is not as sick as you would like to think it is or not yeah. as docile so it's really like you want to save humans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um is that kind of like an example of what you're asking yeah totally okay yeah yeah i think for me the unsuitability is telling me that on the surface, like, I can't handle this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, or that I'm, I'm too weak, or I don't know enough, or I don't have enough resources, or whatever. Um, or that I got here by mistake. Mm. And the story I'm trying to flip into is that, um, like, I've survived unsuitability before, Mm. Um, I am not the only unsuitable person like unsuitable isn't a quality individual to me like it's not my identity and um, that unsuitability will just be a visitor and Mm. the more it visits the more I will know how to accommodate it and Mm. greet it so it's just a sometimes house guest. Um, and I, I and I am a, a big, huge home for all the parts and emotions that want to, you know, visit. Like, it's fine. Mm. I love that. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Yeah, I think... I really resonate with a lot of what Jason said. Um, I think, I think like the story that it's attached to, you know, like the younger whatever story is like, I am dramatic. Mm. Like you're feeling upset for no reason is really like a like shame story or it's like, why can't you just relax? Why can't you just settle down? Like that kind of voice. Yeah. Um, and gosh, yeah, when I think about like a story I would prefer, yeah, I, I really like the idea of like this is a, a visitor who comes sometimes 
I really like, um, so yeah, something I've been telling myself is like, okay, this is the part when you feel this. And then, you know, soon it will be a part when you're feeling this and really trying to string together that like, this is a whole part of the story. And like the more, like Jason was saying, like the more welcoming I can be, you know, it's all like, I want to place it all in the narrative of transformation yeah. of the, the more welcoming I can be to unsuitability, the greater, the, you know, it will be for the greater good for all of us. And it's like, when I think about this really unsuitable moment in the country and in the planet, I'm like, it, this is a part of transformation. Like it must be, you know, like yeah. this is the part when we feel really unsuitable but it's like yeah it's a part of those like fits and starts of becoming new mm-hmm. yeah yeah How about you um well I think like one of the things that unsuitability is worked has worked with me on is like understanding what and who I am if everything on the surface or that I consume is stripped away. And I talked about this earlier in the summer about like how I don't, I think like my, I don't have a gender. I don't have any participation in gender at all. And it took being away from the public to understand that that's like an optional experience for me now mm-hmm. like I, I I'm not saying I don't have a gender like I'm somehow some other kind of being but that like I don't maybe the story before about myself was like sure I'm a cisgendered woman and this is how I live and this is how I dress and like that all seems like completely optional and of course if gender goes then they all have to go mm-hmm. the race has to go the like education identity has to go the like everything has to go because you know like I think a lot about like the um the Cartesian the Descartes phrase cogito ergo sum and how it like I think therefore I am and how it's in direct contrast to the the um value of Ubuntu the Zulu value of Ubuntu like I am because we are yeah. And this idea that, like, well, if there's no we, like, technically, I'm not engaging with we. Like, yes, I am on Zoom and, you know, in the podcast and phone calls and with texts and whatever. Mm. And even social media, I can see other people. But, like, that gritty experience of being body to body and, like, being seen in real life. Like, the IRL experience of being human, it was so much a part of the construct of, like what I thought I was. And so when those things are taken away, the unsuitability, it's unsuitable to know that even the tricks of identity don't work (laughs) anymore. That make me feel like I exist. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean, I don't mean that in some kind of like depressing way. I mean, liberating way that like, I don't exist. I am just whatever anyone thinks I am or what even what I think I am in a moment and that is not it's that's not stable that's not a stable reality meaning it it can change at any time and I think like being able to sit there and watch yourself disintegrate 
has been like the biggest story that like unsuitability is like trying to work with me on like like it's inviting me to disintegrate mm. and then and then see like okay when you clear the smoke you're even more yourself because the the gimmicks of your identity aren't you're not performing yourself anymore mm. you're being yourself you're being mm. yourself and 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 i just feel so much more I don't know, but then, but then the uprisings happened and they really like, were like, who really are you, Leah? Mm. Like, because, because the, like, the, the shame imposed, I think on, uh, like through the like anti-racist narrative around like shame and race go hand in hand because, you know, both are tools of colonialism, both Mm -hmm. shame and race. So they, they went hand in hand and then it like almost stunted the growth that I was going through from the first part of the pandemic where I was like, I'm nobody. Yeah. But then hearing like the whole world be like, no, you are somebody. And because you have privilege, someone else is dying. Like, yeah. because you're white, because you're, you know, like these things. And then, and then feeling like, was I wrong? Was I, and, and then, and then finally coming because of you all, because the two of you like being able to have a sounding board to be like, no, the conversation is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like it's warranted. It's needed. Justice is, you know, like some undoing some radical justice needs to happen, but the way the conversation is happening is wrong. I actually am no one. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, like it's not to diminish or bypass this need to like, get rid of the systems that kill and oppress black indigenous people of color. But it's, it's to say that like that, what, what I dream of what emerges is not going to happen through shame. Mm -hmm. And so like the disintegration is necessary. Mm -hmm. Is that to say, if you are no one, then there's no one to be unsuitable. Like that I can't be unsuitable if I'm no one. Yeah. Um may, maybe. I I mean I I I I mean I'm still like in a human body that like yes. has human impulses to like eat and drink and walk yeah. around and like so I have to meet needs. And if right. the needs aren't meant then I can be unsuitable. But, like, I think the needs of worth in this planet, I feel like are really disintegrating. Like, that I don't... Yeah, it's like, if you're... If you've melted into... Okay. When you were talking, I had the question of, like, well, who are you um, when you're standing in fire? Like, what burns away? So... For you, like, all these, like, identity things have burned away and you're finding, like, you know, the the rocks inside of you that are not destroyed by fire. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're not pressuring yourself to, like, be a woman or be a teacher or whatever, then you're, I feel like, I imagine that some of the unsuitability is relieved because it's like, okay, I don't have to perform my job or my identity 
Yeah. Um, so then I'm not failing if I'm not doing it during pandemic. Right. So then I'm, yeah. I don't have that stress of like needing yeah. to constantly perform and reinstate my yeah. human yeah. avatar. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And also just like realizing how much of soothing the need, like identities seem they need to like be constantly tended to. Like mm -hmm. how, how often and how much are you maintaining your gender in the eyes of the world, your race in the eyes of the world, yeah. your socioeconomic class. Like we have to constantly be like updating the new iOS and updating, you know, like mm -hmm. we have to always be maintaining our identities. And so the way that I was maintaining my identities of being, a, my identity of being a woman and especially being a fat woman was to shop and to make sure that people know and to make sure that I know that I participate in this genderized experience by consuming things. Mm -hmm. And then like when the pandemic happened and there was like, well, there's not money for you to be spending. And also who are you spending it for? It's unsuitable now to spend money because actually what if you need this money later, mm -hmm. you know, like buying a new lipstick for your zoom call. Does that really feel good good mm -hmm. and the way it would feel to wear your new lipstick like out to a restaurant or like where people are like validating that identity it it yeah the i yeah i don't know yeah it's like why do i have 12 tamagotchis each one an identity yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, just drop yeah them. but then at the same time getting a hundred lipsticks because who the fuck cares? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like wear a wig or don't like mm -hmm. you don't even exist. So do whatever. Yeah. Instead of you need to fit in the box, the cookie cutter of the gender that you've established for yourself. It, which is like, I feel like, so much of what you're saying right now is like identity is one of those soothing tools or one of those distracting yeah. tools. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which damn, people are not ready for that, you know, but I no. feel it, like I, that feels real to me. Yeah. Yeah. Which also makes me another like critique that I have of like the way unsuitability intertwines and enmeshes itself with, um, the anti-racist movement is like the issue is not fucking race it's racism yeah, exactly like the issue is not skin color it's skin privilege mm -hmm. and that someone dies because of it but yeah. the focus has been on what are you gonna do individually to show the world that you're actually not racist which i'm like i can't do anything to show you that like there's literally <laughs> nothing I can do yeah you want you want me to like you, like there's nothing so like to me it's like it's futile the way it's being like mm -hmm. the way it's progressing it feels futile because it's not even getting at the thing it's trying to get at it's unsuitable yeah. in and of itself to me it's mm -hmm. like the idea of like proving you're not racist and like actually, you know, embodying it or whatever. It's like ships passing in the night. Like they're in different yeah. lanes. Like it just doesn't even, it doesn't translate. Yeah. Like there's no, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. They don't talk to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which takes, I mean, we don't have time for this today, but like, it takes me to like all the ways that like borders are a way to soothe us mm-hmm. and like establishing those barriers. And so like being a part of like the defund the police movement without thinking about what that really means is like, you're using people using this like bandwagon to be a part of something that might feel soothable to be a part of something, Mm -hmm. but not really thinking about like, are you ready to really take down the borders and that will require you to be in Ubuntu to like understand yourself in the context of other people to Mm -hmm. mediate and, and heal and, and assuage and soothe community violence community you know like are you ready for that and to surrender to it yes yeah like there's that other like it it, man yeah like the like all of abolition means you have to literally surrender to all of the violence because it is all going to come up yeah and and i mean that's also what's been happening a part of the unsuitability of minneapolis so much is coming out about harm that's been perpetuated and done. And yeah, long conversation, but just like that it it will require a paradigm shift and like surrender. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the question that you always ask Katie is like, what happens to all that harm, which Mm -hmm. is, which is like, to me, that is unsuitability. It just gets moved around and it doesn't get transmuted or healed or shifted or transformed. It just gets moved around, which is like unsuitability. We just move it around from like doing our coping mechanisms or distractions, but we don't like get to the heart of what causes the, the the unsuitability to begin with. Yeah. Which is the fact that I'm nobody, you know? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't exist. Yeah. 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 Into it. (laughs) yeah yeah wow i don't know about shaw but i feel pretty complete on that yeah me too Mm -hmm. but also wildly incomplete should we just share for a few minutes like to really wrap it up like what are some tools that you do in the moment like just a few things that may be practical things people could hear to like yeah help you with your suitability and suitability Yes, I find myself making a lot of noises. Like, I'll go, (gasps) (sighs) (laughs) or just like, it's not on purpose, I just notice I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, God. (laughs) Or any any stupid noise. I know those ones sound distressing. Um... But it feels like it lets the steam out a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't make noise where you're at, light a white candle. That's kind of like you're kind of poking fun at some past Power Crystal episodes. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. feel like I um I will spend money to do something to, like 
I am in a unique position where I am not struggling with money right now. And I know many people are. And so I'm not saying this like with callousness or carelessness because I've come from a place of not having any money. And so I understand the weight of this, but like I will spend money to like play out like some kind of hijinks for my own satisfaction. (laughs) So like for my, for my birthday, I was like, Oh, you know, I turned 40. No, we're supposed to go to Mexico. We can't go. It sucks. And I was like, no, I want to do, I want to like have a drive-in. And then I like bought an FM transmitter and like projected a movie and had people come and sit in their car and watch a movie with me and had a drive-in. And it was like, I wouldn't have done that before. I would have probably just like, you know, shut up with your harebrained ideas, Leah, like just be an adult, be, you know, be normal. Well, that's not true too, but, but you know, like I would have dismissed my own idea as like, that's just fantasy. And now I think like my tool is to like lean all the way into fantasy in, in whatever way I can. Like if I get up in the middle of the night and I have to go to the bathroom and I'm, you know, I was asleep and I like, Oh, I have to pee. And I wake up and then I'm like in my bathroom, like put on lipstick. I'll put on fucking lipstick like in the middle of the night. Like just because like who cares? Like I try to like give into my impulses because they're not harming me. It doesn't make sense to say no to me, to myself. Yeah. That's been like one of my strategies. That's fantastic. That is, that reminds me of my like early quarantine, like fried chicken at midnight. Sure. Yeah. Fuck mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I love what you said earlier on Jason about like organizing slash categorizing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing that when I can get myself to do it. Um, I love going for walks. Um, yeah, I'm in a place where like you can go for walks um, and there's like space. So I really just enjoy being among the trees. Yeah. Um, and I know not everyone has a- access to that. And I'm just like, yeah, I hope I hope people can find a way. Um. I love making noises too. The other day, y'all, I was trying to like install a thing into a wall and I like couldn't find my little screw anchor thing. And I just started talking to myself and I don't mm. typically do that, but then it, it got really funny because then I was like on team about it. Yeah, like, this, like this gonna be the like butchest bitch whoever <laughs> it was real funny and real fun it was like a little talk show a little reality show that i was making yeah. so oh i love that, that. very fun <laughs> good yeah um yeah. i also dance when i can get myself to do it me too yeah or yeah, this- is great just putting on a, a song that I know I like mm-hmm. usually will shift my energy enough so that I can start doing something else yeah 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 music has been like I forget how powerful it is to change a total mood mm-hmm. and then and we were like on a roll making all those playlists for power crystals and then mm-hmm. That it we really were wiped out. I think like we couldn't, we just couldn't create those 
for a while and we're kind of back now, which I think thinks, speaks to like how we've managed the, the unsuitability a little bit mm-hmm. so that we can be creators again. But music, man, has really shakes me out of mm-hmm. like the tunnel vision of like unsuitable, unsuitable, unsuitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, we were all in school, so it's time for playlists. That. Yeah, that's true. Also, I think, like, to season all of that, like, we're all doing the best we can right now. Yeah. Like, and that's it. And if it's, if all the best you can do today is wake up, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. It's soothing to remember that, like, like, we've never ever done this before no yeah <laughs> and like and it's soothing to just remember about like the absurdity of like what is actually going on right now um yeah, yeah. and then also it's soothing to remember like the absurdity of the shit people have survived too <laughs> yeah yes. Like, yes yeah i just heard somebody talk about they're like they're talking about a person that died I forget what I was listening to, but they were like, well, they were born in 19, I don't know, whatever. They lived through the first, the Spanish flu, and then World War One, then World War Two, and then the Korean War, the Cold War, and then Vietnam, and then, you know, 9-11, or the first Gulf War, then 9-11, then the second, you know, Middle Eastern War, and now the Trump era. And I was just like, we've never, we've never known like every, like soothing is even maybe fiction. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Which is also like saying, in a certain way, like, it's not a problem to be solved, too. Right. Yeah, there's no cure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No cure. This has been such a cool conversation. I really appreciate talking this out with you both. Like, TBH, there's moments where I forgot that I was on a podcast and I thought I was just listening to a podcast. Oh. <laughs> wow. You're just this is like, <laughs> oh my god. You rate us five stars then. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I think we should wrap it up. This has been great. Yeah. Thank y'all for making it this far. Welcome again, Katie. Yeah. What I'm a so level up for Power Crystals. Yeah. If you <laughs> want to contact us, you can get at us on Instagram at We Are Power Crystals. Um, you can also send us an email at wearepowercrystals at gmail.com if you have things that, topics that you'd like to hear us talk about or questions you want to ask us or anything like that you can hit us up and maybe we'll do it maybe we'll do your topic yeah and check out the We Are Power Crystals playlists there's yes. some cute new ones I recommend Citrine it's my favorite um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was good. Also look out for wet ass power crystals. Oh yeah. That is 
coming. <laughs> it might help you turn up in your most, you know, unsuitable moments. It's real. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys. Yay. Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.